The following program may be explicit. And he's a laser-printed hero, a figure cast in lead. And if you miss a dice roll, he may just end up dead. Don't forget about his backstory, both family and foe. And if this is his last stand, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Yeah, got the rhythm and the rhyme flowing. Get your feet and your booty going. But it's a little too hip for this impending nerd blast that is Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 17 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Mary. I'm Tim. And it's just the three of us. Yeah. And we're back. We skipped two weeks. There was Bogfest, and then there was... Um, was I sick? I don't remember what it was. You were was sick. sick. I was sick. I was you sick. Were sick. I was sick and tired of not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I think it was what it was. Yes. So, and there's two more weekends of the Renaissance Pleasure Fair this weekend, if you're listening on Friday. Otherwise, the weekend's probably over by the time you hear this. And then the final week, closing weekend is... Uh, what would that be? May... 16th and 17th, and then it is done. <clears throat> and the weekend after that is, is GameX. I won't be there, but you're going to be there, aren't you? I will Jeff? be there. Just on Sunday and maybe Monday. Okay. Um, are you going to do, do anything while you're there? I'm running two games on Sunday, and I tried to get into a couple games on Monday, but all the ones that I wanted to get into are already pre-reg filled. Uh, I'm running a Swords and Wizardry white box game at 9 on... Sunday morning, and I'm running a uh, face rip Marvel superheroes uh, game at two on Sunday. Do you need to play test that? I I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, both of them. Um, I don't know when or how, uh, but yes. Su- superheroes, call me. Call okay, me. right on. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And I won't be at GameX because I'll be at Baycon selling stuff. Because that's my job. My awesome, amazing job. Jobs are good. Yes. So there's, they're saying there's echo in the... I can hear echo in me. No, no oh. they would be hearing a different kind of echo, but I don't know why. I could try turning the level up. I'll try turning the level up a little bit. Because I'm... I've, the thing I promised I was going to do, I didn't do. So, okay, just turn the level up. You guys let me know in a couple of minutes if that fixed it. Um... So that thing you promised to do, can you do it right now? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it while I'm recording. I have to do it afterwards. Okay. Cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. I love that video. Do you want, do you want me to send you a, a reminder like later tonight? To yeah, maybe. Setting? Maybe. I just, I, what I need to do is I need to do it before the next show. So they said it's getting better. See, that, that, may, that may have fixed it. If it needs a little more love, let me know and I'll put a little more love into it. Yeah, um, that's what she said. Uh, Eric from Metagamers Anonymous asked me to announce uh, that's uh, Prismatic Tsunami. Metagamers Anonymous is the shoe uh, that he is having a Kickstarter for their next Tsunami Con in Wichita. Um, well, if it's a bandwidth stutter, that may not be me, Kurt, because that's that may be uh, Charter Cable, if that's what you're hearing. Because my my, ban- my internet connection is a little shitty tonight. Because 
it's minus, cable. Minus two at home. I'm is on it? cable as well, and uh, uh, the weather. Maybe the rain. Yeah, I California doesn't know what to do with rain, and it rained, and now everything's all fucked off. It, I remember when I used to, back in the dial-up days, when I had Earthlink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, my internet connection would go out whenever it rained. Mm-hmm. Because wh- wherever I was dialing to got probably got flooded, or a wire got wet, and it would go away for like four hours. At my company, we used to have an office in Anaheim, and uh, every time it rained, our T1 would go out, hard out. <laughs> and we kept complaining, and we kept complaining, and they'd say, no, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. Finally, we got them to come out. The box out on the street had a crack in it. Ah! And so every time it rained, water would go into the box trip, 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 out of the street. And they'd go out. Shut us down. <clears throat> yep. That's hysterical. Um, oh, anyway. Uh, so if you're in Wichita or you'd like to support Tsunami Con, this is, I believe, their second... Uh, uh, game convention. Uh, you can go to TsunamiCon. That's with a T, but it's silent. Um, TsunamiCon.org, and there's a link there that says Kickstarter, and you can go to that link and do what you do to uh, do uh, Kickstarter stuff. Um, and this is probably going to be a little bit of a short episode because we've got uh, Fair Tomorrow and doing this is killing me. Oh, by the way, for those of you who listen to the actual play, the D&D actual play, uh, Episode 9 dropped on Monday, or Session 9 dropped on Monday. Session 10 will drop this coming Wednesday. That's what, uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. And then we've already played Session 11, and that will probably go up the following Wednesday. And then uh, I think we're going to probably play again this Monday, unless I'm too exhausted. It's really hard to do a whole weekend affair and then get up do a whole day of work, and then come home and run a game. That's why Kurt's not running a game right now. I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very... And I'm going to go shut my dog up in a minute, so when, once we start reading the first email. I, I, I haven't actually listened to the actual plays, because I want to play in them. Oh, okay. well... I, <laughs> there, I hear there's going to be a, an opening. S- supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Trying to convince him not to move. <laughs> Good luck. I know. <laughs> uh, so for a topic, um, I had... Oh, the thing. Yeah, That's the right. thing. Um, I'm going to go shut my dog up. Go ahead. Okay. Can I, um, before we get into that, can uh-huh. I do two things? First of all, did you want to do a blurb about... Let her do her thing first, and then we'll do that. Well, no, I meant just the Happy Jacks blurb with email and Twitter and all I'll that. Do that. I'll do that after. Okay. Something, I want to make sure there's not like someone robbing my house because oh, yeah. my dog doesn't usually bark quite this much. Okay. Go. Um, so I'm involved in a lot of crafting communities, and there's a thing that we do there that makes everybody go shopping. I'm just going to move my headphones down so I'm not listening to my own echo. It's really weird. Um And it's uh, in the different communities, it's the quilt run or the yarn run or whatever. And what it is, is all the local shops in an area, uh, if it's like a one weekend run, maybe it's five shops. Uh, There's an epic run that's like 27 shops where they give you eight days to go visit all of them. Um, You go visit all the shops and you get like a little stamp card and every shop you get a stamp at, you're entered in a drawing for prizes. And um, every shop will give you like a little something for coming in, so... Since with the quilt shops, it would be fabric or something. Uh, with a gaming shop, maybe like a custom die for each shop or like a one-sheet adventure idea or um, 
I don't know, custom printed magic card that's really derpy and not actually tournament legal or, or whatever, whatever would fit that shop. And it's a really great thing that the crafting <coughs> communities do because it gets everybody out to visit all the stores they don't normally go to. All the stores kind of make a little bit of a party out of it. They've all got like some snacks and stuff when you stop in. Um, a lot of the time they'll do a theme. So like the big one with 27 shops, themes they've done were like classic TV where every shop kind of decorated based off a different TV show. Mm -hmm. Or one year they did countries, so every shop themed off a different country. Uh, so it was a bunch of ideas like that to really just push you into making sure you could visit as many stores as possible. And it'd be a, it was a lot of fun from a shopping perspective because um, it's you know you got to catch them all. If you hit all the shops, you were entered in a grand prize drawing for like a really big drawing. And I'd love to see the gaming community do something like that because I know in Southern California, just from kind of the Pasadena area, there are about five stores, maybe six. You can reach pretty easily. And if you wanted to, you probably could do a grand tour of all of them with one day of determined shopping. Mm -hmm. um, and so if there was some kind of like a drawing to be entered in and a chance where you would get like a one sheet adventure at every store, I know a lot of people who would probably sign up for that, and I'd probably be leading the pack. I mean, there, there's a method to it. You map it out on Google. It's You plan when your lunch breaks are. You figure out when you're buying gas. And it's this grand epic quest of, you know, hit all the stores. You might discover a new favorite store that way. It's a lot of fun. Um, and actually, you start getting to know people because people will plan the same route. So you'll all arrive at the same store at about the same time. You keep running the same people. And that can actually be a lot of fun, too. Um, and I'd love to see the gaming community pick up something like that, especially in this area with so many stores. Although I know uh, there are some other areas where they've probably got that many stores too. Oklahoma, weirdly enough, has a lot of gaming and comic book stores and stuff. Oklahoma, if they made it like a two or three day thing, you might be able to do several stores there. Probably the um, probably a lot in the Midwest too. Yeah. Um, well, I've I've been to Oklahoma, so I know that they've actually got a lot of comic book stores because otherwise there's just corn. Um, <laughs> I don't. Like, the weeds look like corn. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> so is this is this kind of like a uh, like a, a a geek pub crawl, but only at game stores? Yeah, that's kind of what it would be. And I, like I said, I'd love to see it happen. Um, but you have to get all the game stores to work together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much they talk. Um, I'm sure they all know about each other because um, just the, you kind of co-advertise. You see each other at cons. You hear about them from other customers. So I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing it out there at a platform that has a pretty good audience. And if it doesn't happen in Southern California, maybe it'll happen somewhere else and word will spread. But I can tell you in the crafting community, it's crazy huge. Um, with the quilting, when they do a small run, which is like a three-day run with maybe five shops, uh, those stores on average might have as many as 800 people go through that weekend. No shit. Wow. Um, because... Uh, well, my quilt guild does a raffle quilt every year, so we'll go set up with the raffle quilt outside the shop, and then I'll chat with the shop owner when I'm like, thanks for letting me use your chairs, how was it? And they'll tell me the total sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I've seen just, it really pushes in traffic. It doesn't have to interfere with your regular tournaments or anything, because your tournaments are in one area, and you can put the check-in table in a different area, and... um and plus then people see, oh, look, there's all these tournaments. This is a great store. Look how dedicated their customers are. They're so dedicated. They're not doing the contest because they want to play here in the store anyway. Right. And so it, it's a really good community building thing that really brings all the shops into one community. And um, it's an excuse to go shopping. 
um, in a very long, organized fashion. Like, I don't want to go to the mall for several hours, but the idea of spending several hours driving to all the different stores, mm -hmm. especially if you're, like, heading down into San Diego and you get to go down all the back roads to actually find where the stores are, that's a lot of fun. Right. That's a lot of fun, too. <clears throat> I wonder... <clears throat> I was... I wouldn't mind kind of helping to organize something like that here. Because that would be... If we put together, say, like, uh, like one-page adventures and, like, made and laid out one for each store, and they're only available there. For that weekend. And we can have, go to, like, PS Prince or something, have them printed on, you know, on, like, on glossy paper, two sides. Sure. So, so they're, not, they're nice. They're not like, you know, here's a printout. Um, <laughs> here's here's a printout from my uh, inkjet. Right. <laughs> well, the quilt shops do that with the patterns. Oh, so okay. I mean, like lousy quality does not stop me from wanting them. Sure. Um, and then and we could even supply those to the game stores. Yeah, so totally. If they if you want to be part of this, we'll send you a packet. I don't know how many we'd have to send. I have no idea. If if you run out, they could have a give them a link that people can they can go and download it. I suppose. You could but, even have them, one leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next, of the one-page adventures. Uh, so they build on each other. Better to do them so they could link, but they don't have to. Because okay. some people, they'll only be in store because they're tournaments that weekend. Mm. and they Or they don't have a car, because gaming does attract a lot of the poor teenagers who can't afford gas. True, true, true. Things like that. Um, so I wouldn't want to do something where they had to go to every store to be able to use it, uh, but they'd feel encouraged to. Um, and it's also fun if you give each store a theme. It's like, or gotcha. declare each store maybe a different fantasy country, and then the one-sheet adventure is set for that fantasy country. That could be amazing, too. And there's so many things you can do with it that you can change every year, too. So, like, sure. this year it's fantasy countries. Next year it's real-world modern-day countries. Next year after that it's... Um, fantasy empires or historical empires like chinese empire uh one of the dynasties and then like the greeks and then just spread it around like that so it's different themes every year that could be i mean there's so many so many things to do with it too because yeah it, it's that sounds like a really really cool idea and i like the idea of of uh you know putting it together and providing it to the the game store so you have something that they don't have to actually do. All they have to do is say, "Yeah, we'll take we'll take place in this." So right, here's yeah. your adventure pack, and all you need to do is hand it out to people that come in, and it's going to bring people into your store. Yeah, and then organize like a grand prize. Everybody who gets a full stamp card hands it in, so that there's that extra bit of motivation besides getting the guaranteed free thing. Um, and that's something where you might actually be able to get a pretty good number of donations sure. collected yeah. for it probably, too. We can, there, we can probably Evil Hat is always big about. About supporting local game stores. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Steve Jackson games. Yeah. And then uh, small publishers might want to get in on it too. Right. And I know there's so many local game designers now because you can't walk around Strategic Con without tripping over one mm -hmm. now. Absolutely. <laughs> there's that whole Yay, row of like, people who have the Kickstarters or about to have Kickstarters. Yeah. And that's just at that time. So yeah, there's. it, it would probably be pretty easy to collect a pretty good... Uh, prize box type thing if mm -hmm. you wanted to do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then um, and, and once we have that stuff if someone else wants to organize one in their neck of the woods we can send them the files for those yeah. things that we hear you can <coughs> use and that 
you know, getting the one sheet adventures, you could actually do that as a contest. You've been wanting to do another contest. I mean, besides his. Um, right. But just a more generic one. You guys have been talking about that off and on for mm-hmm. a while. So that might be a good excuse. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Maybe that's something that would be a summer project. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. definitely not a during fair project. Oh, yeah, no. No. No, 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 no. And no, you no. actually don't want to organize it over a holiday weekend because over the holiday weekends, that's usually when the game cons are. So right. you'd want to get it for just random weekend when nothing else is happening. So, mm-hmm. hey, here's a chance. Spend a day driving around hitting up five or six game stores. Um, or, I mean, here we could do it during the time when Gen Con is happening. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that would, because everyone's like... They would at least have something gaming related to do. Because that's not a three day weekend. It's like some fucked up weekend in August. Yeah. August works. That's not too close to my wedding. (laughs) This is like before the wedding, after the wedding. They're different eras. Everything in my life is centering around the wedding right now. Okay. So I I love that idea. Thank you. I am glad to share it and I hope it happens. Um,. Oh my! Can you hand me my fez? Put my fez on. There you go. Tomorrow's silly hat day, and the, the king of all silly hats is on its way here. Oh man, I can't wear it with my headphones. Really? <laughs> there. I also have my dad's Shriner uh, fez. That's got all kinds of stuff on it. Oh I, sweet! I probably would get killed if I wore it not being a Shriner. <laughs> that fits. So, blurb of course it does. Oh, the blurb. Contest. No, 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 like no blurb, to email blurb. Happy Jacks yeah. and 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 have us read your email. We we don't read them all anymore because we can't. But stop barking. But if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, happyjacksrpg, all one word. We have a forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. You can go there. There's there's trolls and sock puppets and also some gaming content. And we have <laughs> a Facebook page. You can go to happyjacks.org slash Facebook, I think. Or you can just search for Happy Jacks RPG Podcast on Facebook and find us there. We're also on Google+. Plus and uh, I think there's a Pinterest. Happy Jacks is everywhere. You know, the Facebook page was how I found out what time I had to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good that we... The, Keep track of all of those things, and uh, and I think that's about it. That's all the stuff. And you want to let's mention the uh, the thing again. Yes. So a couple of weeks back on Swords and Wizardry Appreciation Day, we uh, launched a contest, a one one or two page encounter contest that's compatible with uh, any version of Swords and Wizardry. That contest is still going on. We've extended it. Uh, we initially extended it to the twenty fourth mm-hmm. is the deadline. But I think we were talking outside, and the 24th is uh, the Gamex weekend here, right. which is a gaming con here. So it doesn't make sense since I'm going to be J-Max. running there. It's what? called Jamex. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> had to go there. So, Gamex. Good. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh so yeah, so uh, we'll probably we're going to extend it through the last day of this month. So the deadline to get your one or two page uh, Swords and Wizardry encounters is the last day of this month, which is I think the thirty first. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the first place winner are the cameras on, so the yep. people in the chat room can see me. The first place winner will get this fine hardback copy of Barrel Rider Games White Box Ooh. Omnibus. Uh, see it right there. I don't know if you can see it. Da, 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 da. That's not going to translate. Oh, it's, it's very we. Well. 
Yeah. They're wee books. Those are, that's awesome. Yeah. And the runner-up will get a softback copy of the shiny. same book. It is shiny. It is. They're, they're actually really good. And um, uh, one of the people who won one of the PDFs on uh, the Swords and Wizardry Appreciation Day actually put a review up online. And I meant to email you that link, Stu, so that you could uh, put it in the show notes. But I forgot. So uh, I'll make sure it's on the forums and all that kind of stuff. Now, here's something interesting, is Barrel Rider Games, who did these wonderful supplements, has been taking the OSR world by storm. Mm -hmm. uh, they just released a, a new game called White Star, which is science fiction role-playing that is completely 100% compatible with Swords and Wizardry White Box. Really? And it's awesome. This, this supplement went... Uh, it went, um, what are so, the color codes on, on our, it's a, uh, I wrote it down here. Hold on. It's a uh, purple. It went, no, it, it went, um, it went silver on one bookshelf in 24 hours. Well, I don't know what that means. That means it had over 200 sales mm -hmm. in, in less than 24 hours. And it went electrum within four days, which is like awesome. The next level is gold. You know, they say gold pick. Right. So he's oh, like, okay. he's like almost there to being gold. And awesome. It, it hasn't even been out for like three weeks. That's brilliant. And he gave me a PDF copy to give away right here, right now. Oh. Ooh, right. pick me, pick me. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I don't want to turn it into a big contest or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I have a question that he wanted me to ask here. All right. And the first person to email the correct answer to email. Tim at happyjacks.org. We'll get a PDF copy of White Star Science Fiction Role Playing. The question is: <laughs> oh, I, Wait, I've got one of those. I was no, going to say I wait, thought we did the drum roll thing once before. It's failing me. No, don't you dare start. Soundboard. <laughs> Fuck. This is my favorite part of the soundboard. Yeah, right. When it doesn't work, when right? It doesn't work. You know, and it. I, I don't. I barely use this iPad for anything except the soundboard. Oh. Please stand by. So, should I grab my cell phone and open the email app? When you ask the question. Yeah, I think that um, I have to pause the recording. Hold on. All right, ready? I need to get a drum roll. Go ahead. That was the drum roll. I All of that for ba dump dump. Well, you know, Cromwell, point of the joke. Okay, so here's the question. And again, and again, <laughs> and again, you have to email the correct answer to tim at happyjacks.org. The first person who gets the correct answer will get the PDF. The question is, in the earliest drafts of Star Wars, what was the name of the chronicle in which the exploits of the Skywalker family was recorded and that was later abandoned by George Lucas. So it's kind of a tough one. Oh, all right. This involves I'll, Vulcans, right? Repeat that again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, and Klingons. Uh, so I'm going to read it again. In the earliest drafts of Star Wars. Earliest drafts of Star Wars. What was the name of the chronicle, chronicle. in which the exploits of the Skywalker family was recorded, recorded. which was later abandoned by George Lucas? <clears throat> okay. Okay, George everyone got that? tells all. Excellent. So we're going to extend the, the, the 
Swords and Wizardry contest to the last day of the month. Last day of the month, May thirty first. Thirty days after September, April, June, and November. The rest have thirty one. I I can't get it because it doesn't start with a G that I can make hard. I mean (laughs) that I can say. Do you have trouble making things hard? That I can, yeah, stepped into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Hell, uh, Hell. <laughs> And then, and I, I, I was thinking, it, uh, unless you become overwhelmed with entries, uh, maybe we'll take the winner, and you can run an actual play for us. Yeah, totally. I would obviously, love to do that. if we have to do a, if we have to like all get together and judge them, if you get too many of them, that would spoilers. But if you can judge them yourself or with a small group of people. Then you can run that, and we can record it in the front, in yeah, the, in, the, in the gaming room. And awesome, totally. Down. That would be that would be awesome. Can I read the first email? You may read the first email. I want to read the first email because uh, it it touches me near and dear to my heart. Because I'm also going to be running games. Are you, you dress in the manner of a male prostitute? I left that costume at home. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, okay, so. Con game preparedness. Con game preparedness from Dave, aka Sock Puppet Troll, on the forum. Oh, so you uh, weren't kidding about having sock puppets and trolls? Uh, it, I am not. <laughs> so, okay. Greetings, Jackers. First, let me say that if Tim is there, he is now the governor, and everyone should drink to salute the new that, governor. That's not what it says. It, oh, it doesn't say Tim? It doesn't say Tim. Oh, Jib! Oh, I'm sorry. I I totally thought it said... uh. Okay. So, first of all, let me say that if Jib is there, he is now the governor, and everyone should drink to salute the new governor. He is not here. If Jib is not there, everyone should drown their sorrows with a drink and lament their missing comrade. That makes for great audio with everybody going... Go, 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 go. So, I'm hoping to run a con game or two. Yes, do that. I'm reading the email, but I'm actually going to do that. (laughs) I'm hoping to run a con game or two and would like some suggestions, advice, or drunken ramblings. I just left a con where the difference between an okay experience and a memorable tell-the-grandkids experience seemed to be GM preparedness. Because of this, I want to be prepared, and so that my players won't simply have a mediocre experience. One, I'm planning on running a game where everyone plays the spouse of a superhero who has been collectively kidnapped. All of the superheroes are part of a righteousness guild, and so everyone knows each other. I'm thinking soccer mom wielding a collapsible stroller. Eh. My question is how to market this to give my players a general idea of what they're getting into, but not give away the whole premise until they're actually at the table. How should I go about this? He has three questions here. Do you want to answer one at a time? One one at a time. One at a time. Okay, so uh, how should he go about marketing that? Uh, I've got thoughts on that Mm because I've had to do something similar. Um, Usually you can kind of like the superpower league has been kidnapped. Who will save them? And just leave it very vague. Make it so people will assume it's second stringers or sidekicks something like that so it's you get this really vague plot you know the way they do teasers in comics um and that would actually get you really close to what you want um it depends on how much you want to give away though um because you can also uh hint a lot closer if you want if you want to give people a chance to figure it out 
You can put call, you could put title it significant others. Yeah. Or something like that that might or but it's uh it depends on how much you want to give away and how much of the plot you actually know in advance. Because uh the best game descriptions come out of not knowing the plot before you have to submit the game. Right. So you're saying that it would be uh, vagueness. <laughs> yes, vagueness is always a good idea because yes. very often I have nothing when I when I sign the games up. I know what system I'm going to run it in. Right, maybe. So you're saying for that one, he should just be pretty vague about it and say like, uh, let, leave them with the expression, uh, uh, not the expression, leave them with the impression that they're going to be flying like second stringers or something, and then when they get to the table, spring it on that oh you're the spouses. You yeah. don't want to do a bait and switch. You don't want to leave them with was, too yeah. strong of an impression that they're going to be... You don't want them to think they're going to be playing the sidekicks when, in fact, they're going to be playing uh, normal, unpowered people, assuming that's that's what the spouses are. Because um, might, they might feel a little robbed. Yeah. But if it's just the Justice League has gone missing, who will save them now? Maybe even implying yeah. it, you know... All of the city's superheroes have been captured or something. Who will step up? Right. Okay. I would also suggest... Um, let me look. Uh, make sure that some of your the spouses are male. Yes. And female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, make a gay couple. That'll be there great go. fun. Right. Um... Let's keep going because I have actually a couple more pointers that I don't think he's asking about directly that I think are important. So okay. Go, go ahead. Uh, real quick, Andrew Lawton. Andrew Lawton. He won. The answer is the Journal of the Wills. The Journal of the Wills. Okay. And he sent it in. So, so everyone who doesn't listen live, see what happens when you don't listen live. That's right. Listen live. Contest over. <laughs> However, you can still send in your your one or two page encounter. Yes, please do. Contents. Please do. And there are those are nice books. They are they are amazingly super nice books. And uh, and someone mentioned this on the forum, and we should probably mention this before we continue with the email. Someone said, "I I don't know anything about the system. How do I write an adventure for a game I don't own?" Swords and Wizardry is free. Ta-da! Just I actually put game I, and you'll find it. I actually put in the forum in that right. thread right. Uh, links to all of the PDF downloads. Okay, there's the white box edition, there's the core rules edition, and there's the complete edition. Okay, uh, depending on you know how much crunch you like to work with, I like the white box one. It's very very lightweight. Mm -hmm. uh, going all the way up to the complete edition, which is almost like um, almost like first edition AD and D, mm -hmm. but with Far fewer Gygaxianisms. Aww! So it almost makes sense. You, you read it, it makes sense. So less passive tense on the verb. When, right. When writing in high Gygaxian, <laughs> the passive voice must be used. The passive voice must be manifold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, getting so send me the links to that stuff. I'll put it in the show notes so yeah, people we'll can do. have it. So you'll, you'll get a free game because they're for, uh, available for download for free. And then you can peruse it. And if you decide you want to write something and send it in, there you go. Yep. It'd be brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. And getting, then if you win, 
I'm sorry. If That's you win, okay. we'll also do an actual play. Yeah, we will. We will do an actual play and of we, your encounter. Maybe I, if we get a few good ones, maybe I, you could string together a little campaign. Yeah, I could string together a little campaign of them with the the final encounter being the one that won. There you go. There you so go. that works up to be your uh, your winner. So getting back to Dave's email. Question great, number two. Great way to crowdsource your game prep, huh? Right? <laughs> and and please do this before the GameX weekend because uh, I've I got to run a game. and uh, <laughs> No, I actually have a really good idea for my game. I'm not going to talk about it now because okay. I'm going to run it. But right. I'm super excited for the Swords and Wizardry game. Does it Excellent. involve superheroes? No, the other one does. And uh, next time I'm on the podcast, I'm going to talk about that game All right. for a minute because that one's really cool too excellent go uh, so Question number two, two is there any good way to not make a game revolve around one skill role but still make everyone enough uh everyone different enough to be useful such as someone being a stay-at-home dad blogger who needs to make a reconnaissance role with his avid photography skills but if he fails how should i let the story progress I don't want the burden to pass on to someone else and make that character's moment of shine a failure based on one die roll. Well, first, every parent has eyes in the back of their head, so they're <laughs> all good at spot checks. Right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're all stay-at-home parents. And, and re redundancy of skills is okay. Um and the the other thing, if you get into a situation where the one skill roll fails, that doesn't necessarily mean their opportunity to get that clue is gone. Maybe th there are such circumstances where they can try again later. Yeah. Or maybe try something else, depending on what kind of system you're using. If you're using something like GURPS, where you have, where you can have a character with a, a list of twenty or thirty skills, and have no two characters with more than one or two skills overlap, which is entirely possible because mm -hmm. there's so many skills yeah. in GURBS. Um, then you can get players who will sit there and say, well, how else can we figure this out? And they'll start to look at their character sheet and check their skill set and go, oh, wait a second. Can I use geology here instead of spot? And right. yeah, I've played characters who were not built for the situation at hand, and I've easily found things they could do that made the story more interesting they didn't necessarily contribute to the win but it definitely contributed to the experience mm -hmm. and that's almost as important and as jim we kind of need to play a little fast and loose with the details at w when they're trying to figure out what's that like let's say they have that failed photography role and they need to figure out another way to get whatever that clue is they start asking you questions about well is there this they're asking those questions because they're looking for another way to, f right. to try to figure that out Saying yes to those questions is a good idea, usually. And there's a, uh, on the Happy Jack site, there is a PDF, and I can't remember what it's called. I was reading it earlier today, about how to prepare for a con game. By Chris Paul. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And he wrote a white paper for us. Yeah. And one of the things I read in that was, if you have a character that is like, you know, dad here, who is an awesome photographer... Don't have another awesome photographer in, in the party, but it's okay to have other characters that might have a little bit of a photography skill. Right. So that if there is a clue that depends on a photographer and your main photographer doesn't get it, you at least have maybe a character or two who might be hobby photographists. Mm -hmm. Photograph Photographers? Photo photographerists? Snapper people. Photographers. P photographers, thank you. <laughs> Probably, I'm going to guess. <laughs> Uh, so, photographers. Photo 
Sorry. Good. Um, also, um, one of the things that uh, we play a lot of White Wolf, and it's very easy to have several p people succeed at like a spot check. So um, I've gotten used to kind of scaling successes. So you start with everybody who got this much success, you notice these details. If you got this much success, you also hear this thing. And whoever it was that got so many successes, I think you rolled too many dice, you you, um, you actually hear an earthquake the next city over or what, whatever. You, right. you kind of let everybody have a small victory and whoever rolled best gets the biggest victory in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that way, everybody kind of feels like they contributed, um, especially because one person can comment on that butterfly's the wrong color, and another person can comment on, I see a bunch of birds over there, and you kind of take all those details together to create the entire scene. So there's nothing wrong with having multiple people make a skill check if it's something like a spot check, but some of them are better than others. And th and that way, that's kind of making everyone's successful role meaningful, especially if they're all noticing something different. Mm -hmm. And it's all, they have to collaborate to create the big picture. And it's not like, oh yeah, we all succeeded, so we all saw the exact same thing. There's a chest hidden under the rug, or whatever yeah. that would be. So okay. I really like systems where you have different degrees of success. In fact, yeah, yeah. I tend to put that into systems that don't have it. What White Wolf do you play? Um, right now I'm using New World Pre-God Machine because I'm using uh, a fan-created spinoff called Princess the Hopeful where they're all magical girls. Princess the Hopeful. Okay. That's and it's awesome. beautiful because they have to keep making checks to like not just get depressed about how much the world of darkness sucks. People are finally making, uh, finally playing New World. Um, I have to for this. Uh, the system in New World is actually smoother. The problem is the the fluff, the world building. I really like the old stuff better. Uh -huh. I love the old world of darkness. Yeah, I love old world of darkness for the fluff, but the system is so much more cohesive, and you can actually have the werewolves and the vampires meet, and they're on more equal footing. Right. And it was written so that you could do that. Mm -hmm. So. I kind of love them both for different reasons. Right now I'm in New World because that's what Princess is built for, and I don't want to have to restat sure. every single power to make it work <clears> on <throat> a slightly different die mechanic. Right. Did you look at any of the... Uh, we're going way off topic, that's but I, I have to ask. I don't get to talk about White World much, uh, White Wolf much, because um, none of the people I game with play it. I'm I totally dude. plan a White Wolf. Would it's you really? World. Yeah, I've, I, I got a bunch of white, uh, New World books. Kurt's still talking about running a yeah. one-shot for the podcast. It's just scheduling. Right. Fair. Uh, I want in. Uh, did you look at any of the 20th anniversary stuff they put I out recently? I love 20th anniversary. The books are so pretty. Aren't they, though? I just I want to just like pet the books and then go use my old copies that and get them beat up and just like treasure the leather band. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I have a... I have my a... name is in most of them as a supporter. Really? Yep. We've backed almost every Kickstarter between Kurt and I. You know I'm going to have to go home and check that in my Vampire 20 book. Okay. Yeah, we should be in Vampire. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, we skipped a few of them, but we should be in Vampire. That was my favorite. Anyway, uh, getting back to the email, we're going way off topic here. I apologize. I don't. <laughs> huh? uh, number three... Any suggestions on making plenty of useful characters to choose from, but only a set number of players? Such as eight character choices, but five players total. Again, I don't want anything to revolve around one person's die roll, but neither do I want two people to have overlapping skills so that the more charismatic player dominates the less charismatic player. 
You just need to be flexible with your adventure, and and don't make it so that one problem has one solution. The modular builds too that some of the hosts really like doing, mm -hmm. where they have like a set of maybe seven scenes, and they use the ones that flow with what the characters want to do. Right. Um, that kind of prep work would be really good here too. So if you have the bird watcher in the party. Ha be prepared for a bird watching related scene, but mm -hmm. if the nobody wants to be the bird watcher, then be prepared for the ballet dancer instead. Right. Maybe even have scenes designated dancer. by which characters are picked. Yeah. The what only, is my dog doing? She's killing me. The She's only problem barking. with that is a lot of people say that they tend to do maybe three or four scenes. Yeah. And so you can't entirely like scene per player depending on what they pick. Um, but you can have certain scenes that'll swap in or out depending on how they want to investigate. Or you may, might be able to like swap in and out elements of the scene. Like maybe this scene is going to take place at this location if this character's there. Yeah. Or maybe you know these bystanders are going to be here if this character is picked. So that you can. You know, the other thing is you don't have to always engage players by having them pick up the dice and roll them. You can engage right. players because oh. Uh, you're, you you walk into a shop and there's a shopkeeper there and you know him because you go in here and you buy your groceries here once a week. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be pick up the dice and roll. It can be this person already has a relationship here or I mean, it, there's other ways that you can engage the players besides having them pick up the dice. I mean, they like to pick up dice, supposedly. but Supposedly. I'm going to go a different way to answer that question. Um, and it, it again comes out of that... Uh, Hello. Talking. Sorry, we had someone just walk in who I haven't seen for a while. <laughs> and he looks incredibly different. Oh, you got rid of it. Here, can we, here, one, two, two. How's it going? This is Casey. Just uh, popping and drop something off for us, too. Do you want to talk about popping gaming? Popping and dropping. Yeah. Popping and dropping. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about gaming? There's a okay, free mic. Right. No, uh, you want to out. sit down? My buddy's out front. Oh, oh so. hey, buddy. Tanner. Um, Tanner, the new guy. Oh, Tanner. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, so you want to so both talk about gaming? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's never gamed before. Oh, he's, really? He's going to join the, uh, the, shit zombies. the shit zombies group. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, anyway. Okay, the infamous game, shit zombie group. So I'll see you out there tomorrow. Yep. Because that's okay. how no I problem. want to be and, uh, there. There's a <laughs> it's a long story. Oh, my I've goodness. Oh, yeah. okay. Awesome. Probably a number of times. Yes. It's not a... Excellent. Thank you. It's not a good story. Uh, so what I was going to say is I would go a little different route uh, for this question, again, based on that con preparedness mm -hmm. white paper, because I, I, I haven't actually run a con game, uh, but it made a lot of sense to me, and that is make your characters really, really interesting. If your characters are interesting, and when the players pick them up, they feel something for the character, if you have two characters that are kind of similar, but you've made them really interesting, and they're characters that you would want to play, that will balance that out a little bit, because your players, theoretically, <laughs> right. should have a better feeling for those characters. But don't make them really interesting by writing a three-page backstory for no, each one, because no. I've made that mistake. One paragraph. Yeah, one yeah. paragraph. And don't expect them to read that either. And Yeah, just like <laughs> at the top, have a couple of like keywords, like this character is Japanese, they really love yo-yos, and um, uh, something actually useful. Um. 
Yeah. And the other thing that was in that, that document that I keep referring to is, is uh, actually name the characters. Yes. Give them good, awesome names. Uh, for my con game, I'm running Swords and Wizardry, and I was thinking of, like, just naming them, you know, Phytor and Weezard and, you know, like that. But I read Don't that and I was anybody like... anybody well, but you know, <laughs> just, just no. plays on like the classes right. that they would be. But I read that and I was like, oh, okay. So now I will come up with good, interesting characters with real names, and instead of just generic fighter dude named Fighter, I will have a, you know, mm-hmm. an actual background for him that's short mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, so that it's interesting. So. And it's also really good to come up with like alliteration and things like that in the names for fitting the genre. Um, you know, just think about all the classic mundane names for the superheroes and their romantic connections so you know lois lane Lana yeah. lang like he really has a thing for people with double l's like, yeah. i don't know what's up with superman um must be a kryptonian thing um and just uh, especially things that make that you know quick snappy names and that will really help pull them into the genre as well um also uh if you haven't already picked uh, what it is the spouses do, you might want to look to comics for uh, the types of mm-hmm. jobs that superhero spouses tend to have. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing number of reporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whatever system you use, if curiosity is a flaw that any of your players could have, I highly recommend giving people curiosity because then they'll look into things that common sense says don't go there. They're like, oh, wait, I have curiosity. I will jump on your plot hook. Right. It, that helps so much in moving a game along sometimes. I have always thought that curiosity is one of the best advantages or disadvantages, depending on the system that you can put to a character in a situation where you want them to, you know, stick their head in the, in the proverbial noose. That's a great way to get them to do it. You're curious. Why wouldn't you? But and if the system has flaws, give everybody at least one uh, different flaw. Right. Yeah. Because that can be a much bigger window into uh, how to play the character than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, like knowing your a character is scared of being alone. Um, that was like the biggest driving force in one, a character I played one time is she was scared of being alone. So she always latched onto somebody. If the play- party was splitting, she made sure she stayed with somebody every time. Um, and that it was just like this little thing for me playing the character where I always had a motivation in the scene. And I know it's what's my motivation, but that's actually so useful to players. Yeah. yeah. Even if the game doesn't support that kind of stuff, like if you're playing a version of D&D or something, just put it in there anyway. Right. I was going to do that for my Swords and Wizardry <clears throat> game just so that they have something to key into to give them some role-playing hints for these characters I've come up with for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and read through the rest because there's like All four right. or five PPSs here. So, Number four, I'm thinking of Savage Worlds for this game, but if there are any other systems that you would recommend, please do so. Thanks for all of your help and much appreciated jokes. Dave, a.k.a. Sock Puppet Troll on the forums. P.S. Have you guys heard of D6 times D6? It's a rules light system that was kickstarted. I love the system and have had the pleasure of playing with the creator recently. Highly recommended. P.P.S. I ran into another person wearing a Happy Jacks t-shirt at GaryCon. At GaryCon, really? Is that in Gary, Indiana? Uh, I'm not sure where it's at. I think it might be in... um, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to just roll over that. Uh, But I think it might be in um, where TSR originally started. Lake... Oh! oh, Lake... uh, uh, Geneva? Yeah, Lake Geneva. Because it's... uh, Geneva. 
never going to live that down. <laughs> I'm never going to live that. <laughs> no, you're not. And you know what's going to happen? Every time we have a different host who wasn't... We're going to have to explain this at some point. It needs no explanation. You just need a It's t-shirt. just hilarious. The face you make every time he does it, I need no explanation. <laughs> I mispronounced gibbering once. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, I, have but, heard, I heard that episode. But no, but it, but it, I didn't mispronounce it because it's my fucking URL, so it's gibberinggamer.com. It wasn't then. At that time, that did, but the it URL was, had not been claimed, sir. Harumph! Harumph, sir! Don't <laughs> uh, correct Stu on his own podcast. Now, now it's gibbering jamer. It's p p p s. Despite Stu stay, despite Stu saying that he hates sock puppets and trolls on the forums, I can proudly say I am neither one nor the other. I am both. I thought you'd love the socks puppet and I do. trolls. I do. I do. There's there, there's many now. So and, and I know who all of them are because I figured out how to do a a search bu- search post by IP address. You oh, need to yeah. come up with like merit badges and give people merit badges <laughs> to their real names. You for have the most sock, sock puppets. puppets. <laughs> <laughs> sock puppet master. And the race for sock puppets is on. <laughs> but yeah, I can actually click on a on a, on a I, I see all the IP addresses. I can click on an IP address and it will list all the posts that came from that IP address. <laughs> and I'm like, oh look. This is a different account, and this is a different account, and this is... Now, sometimes it's like married couples, they both game. It could be. Could be. It also might not. Yeah. <laughs> given given uh, the proclivities of the particular sect of people who listen to this <laughs> podcast, it's probably not. No, no, in the future, I'll remember to post on the forum, and, and in the future, you know, Kurt and I are going to be married, so we sure. will, we should have the same IP address. <laughs> Just make sure you yes. register that with Stu ahead of time so he knows. It doesn't matter. I'm not stopping <laughs> anyone from doing it. I, I just, like... I wonder if that's someone's sock puppet. And I'm going to guess who it is first, and then I'm going to look. Well, do you know what I'm going to do now? What? I'm going to create a, a sock puppet account for myself mm-hmm. so that I can have conversations with myself and boost up the forum because it seems like it's been kind of slow lately. It has been a little bit slow. Just masturbating. It always yeah, it's it's activation totally. It gets on a forum so is it it always gets a little slow during fair. Yeah, that's yeah. usually usually skip some episodes and anytime oh. you skip episodes, listeners get pissed right, off. Right. So back to that last question. Yeah, so um, he wants to know if there are any other systems other than Savage Worlds and if we've heard of D6 times D6. I've not heard of D6 times D6. Nor have I. Either. Um, that was quick. <laughs> I I would say Run the the system that you are most familiar with. If you're familiar with Savage Worlds, run it. Yeah. And Savage Worlds does have a very good superhero supplement mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Although you may you may not be using it because if you're playing spouses, if they're not powered, he probably needs to stat some of the villains and the NPCs. Yeah. Though. True. True. So and it'll give you an idea of how to adjust their power system uh, to the superhero. There's a setting. superhero companion, and there's also something else that has all of the rules of superhero companion in it, but it's on setting. Uh, it, it's the what's it called? It's the it's the one where all the superheroes are gone. Necessary evil. Necessary evil. Yeah, I think that has all the stuff from supers in it. Although you know that changed with the new. Is there an, is there a new one out for deluxe? I don't keep track of settings. I don't think so. I think well, uh, there's been a, there's been a few rule changes between the original Explorers yeah. edition and the deluxe Explorers edition. I think Necessary Evil came out for the the full size eight and a half no. by eleven. No, it was hard. It predated that because I, I I had it. I had it before Deluxe came out. 
necessary evil. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There was a there was a an eight and a half by eleven hardback like the first edition of Savage Worlds. Oh, that, yeah, that's Fast, way, furious, way fun. That, that's, that's way, way not back. real anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> this is they not came out with the Explorers anymore. edition, and all of those older ones disappeared. That's yes. right. And now, now they have the Deluxe Explorers edition. Yeah, which, which is, is lovely. Book. Very similar. There's a, a few. Not, there's not a lot of changes. There's just a few changes in it. Largely, so, I think it's like they they got rid of the gut skill and yeah, just tell you to make a bigger roll or something, something like that. that. Yeah. That was the biggest one. Yeah. Right. But um, the other thing you might want to. You you might want to d- look at. I'm trying to think. I I know. Is it Trails of Cthulhu or Realms of Cthulhu? That's the Savage Worlds book. Realms of Cthulhu. I have it in PDF. I have not gotten a chance to read it. Okay, but I want. To. It's got a bunch of, I guess, setting rules that kind of can significantly change the game depending how deadly and how bleak you want the game to be. And if you're making mundanes in a superhero world, oh yeah, you Super- might want to. It will be a very deadly game if you do it in Savage Worlds. If you want that, that's cool. It could be. Um, but one good roll on on the part of anybody, like they're rolling a freaking D4, it doesn't matter. They might end up with a thirty-two. Um, right. So be aware, Savage Worlds can go deadly very unexpectedly. Um, which, now, if you know the system, if you're thinking about running it, you probably know that anyway. Right. But th- one of the things that they do in there, like if the, like depending on how gritty you want your your cosmic horror game to be, um, they reduce the number of hit points f- from three down to one, and basically make oh yeah, and basically make the characters in, extras in Savage Worlds. It, it, that's in, in, in Realms, Realms of Cthulhu. Yeah, that's one of the optional like setting rules. One of the suggestions is like, here's some things you can do: take away the wild die, take away the bennies. Oh my god! Oh yeah. yeah. So so. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. So basically, that's you'd, the first thing I would do if I was going sh- a horror game, yeah. you'd go shaken, wound, out. Yep. Shit. Wow. That's shit. Um, yeah. So other systems, um, there's the really as obvious answer of if you're going to run a superhero game, run it in hero. If you know the system, if yes. you don't know hero yet, don't even think about it for your upcoming game. Hero's tough to run at a con. I ran a hero game at a con, and it was. I have two. But it, combats go slow. Um, they can. It depends on what you write on the sheet. If you don't make the players sit there and actually calculate the OCV okay. every mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. Right. you do it for them in advance. Um, if you make dumb, sure everyone has the same speed. Dumb. Yes. Make, make sure, sure they all the have the same speed. speed. Yeah. Dumb yeah. down their powers so they're not trying to <clears throat> interpret that block of stat that the character generator gives you, and just have this is a fireball. If you hit with it, you get to roll 3d6 damage or whatever. And just dumb it down. Don't expect them to be able to read the abbreviations. And if it's handed to you that way, um, it works really well. Because the nice thing about Hero System is if you build the characters right, it's very hard to kill characters. You give them a lot of stun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or or give them a lot of body and not a lot of stun. So you knock them out really easily, but it's really hard to kill them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you want that feel, if you want the more comic book feel where people can be thrown into walls and stuff and just knocks them out for a little bit. Hero is really, really good for that. That's true. Yeah. Um, if you know it. If you know the system. If yeah. you don't know the system, go play in it some. See if you like it. Don't jump into it trying to get ready for a con unless you're like me and you think that's really fun. <laughs> 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 uh, but I know the average person does not feel that way about um, 800 pages of rules. Right. I, I am, Although I am now, convinced that it takes a special person to know and understand and run Hero. Special is one word for it. My mommy says I'm special. And (laughs) I am not that person. 
<laughs> I ran a pulp game in it, and it was great fun because the the stun rules mm-hmm. for a pulp are fantastic. Oh, the regular the regular damage rules yeah. are awesome for they're exactly what pulp yeah. what you think of when you think of pulp. You can build it so it's super easy to knock people out and right. super hard to kill them. Yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of rules for making uh, how you can build things to make combat go faster or slower and crowd control stuff. And there's a lot of really good stuff where you don't even actually get into true powers mm-hmm. because a gun is built the same way a fireball yeah. is built. In fact, right. it's the same skill. It's just the the dressing on it. Mm-hmm. So Hero can be really good for it. Um, no, I shouldn't recommend that. Um, I, I play a lot of really random obscure systems because I find Kickstarters and, or I find recommendations on the internet and I find like free stuff or stuff that's like a dollar or right. I back, uh, or not back, but I buy the, um, the charity bundles that they do on drive through RPG. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a pretty good one, uh, up right now for, uh, Nepal. For Nepal, think, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. It's up until the end of the month. And, um, the last time I looked, I think it was about a hundred dollars worth of books for $25. Um, oh, wow. and it was systems I'd pretty much never heard of, but some of them looked really cool. Um, there was some stuff that was actually, uh, Asian themed things, uh, nothing directly Nepal, but it was the games that were kind of Asian settings and things. Mm-hmm. So to keep it on a theme, uh, some of it looked really good. Uh, so that's how I end up picking up game systems. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to remember cause there, there's a system that I think would work and I'm drawing a blank on the name cause I do have a bad habit of running gaming books, reading gaming books for fun. Uh, if I think about it later, I'll just interrupt whatever's being said right. cause, uh, I can tell you several things that won't work well for superheroes yeah. from painful experience, uh, but that's... Certainly, if he knows Savage Worlds, I would just run him. Yeah, yeah, Savage Worlds does it well. Just um, think about if you want them to be killable quickly or if you want to tweak something so that it's harder to kill them. Because you can house roll anything uh, if it'll adjust it. Give them more bennies or something. Yeah, Right. Yeah, I think that's some of the best advice I've ever heard is run the system you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're running it in front of strangers, you <laughs> And you're, you are in, in a lot of ways, whenever you run a game at a con, you're kind of an advocate for that game. Yeah. Because you're always going to get people who've never played that game before who are playing it because they want to try it out. Um, the system I was going to suggest is actually the Marvel superhero system. That's what I'm. Okay. That's that's what I'm uh, that's uh, what running my, my on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, there was but, a brand new retro clone of it. Yeah. Uh, called Face Rift. It's awesome. Um, but I think Marvel and DC both have put out gaming systems. I've played the Marvel one a few times now. System's pretty easy, um, and they do give you enough information to build your own characters, um, but that's if you want the characters to be the heroes. It's not too good about dealing with non-powered people, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it it's a pretty simple system, um, and it's really easy to rename existing superheroes if you don't want to spend a lot of time building your NPCs. Did you ever play the diceless Marvel superheroes game they had out for a while? No. Oh, Fate's the other system though that would be could be really good for this kind of yeah, game. Yeah. If you know Fate, Fate can be. Uh, if you know it, it's great. If you don't know it, it's really confusing yeah. uh, for on for specifically for the the DM. Uh, players can sit down at Fate and use tandem the Fate dice and and they go and they might end the game still not knowing what they did, but they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. All right. So, are, are you going to read? Yeah, I'll read the, yeah, the next one. Uh, we're gonna, we need to kind of blaze through them a little bit because I need. Isn't to, it Jerps? To, uh, no, it's Gerps Gum. <laughs> Gerps Gum. Gerps Gum from Finland. <laughs> Why, hello there. 
A brief word of thanks. Your podcast has rekindled my love for RPGs. I took a 10-year hiatus as our group dispersed after high school. After playing mostly board games for a long time, I stumbled on upon your podcast. After stuffing my ear holes with your backlog, I realized that I need to GM. Moreover, I have learned that I'd rather GM than play, and that has been a big revelation. Your preaching of yes ending has made me fall in love with the gaming hobby, and this time it feels forever. Oh. Did you give it a ring yet? <laughs> hey, if you like it, you better put a ring on it. Yeah, you I, was, better. I was trying to come up with the lyrics for that song so I could sing it, and I failed. You well played. Sh- shut up. Sorry. Not you. I'm <laughs> a stupid dog. That's probably Sarah with my hat. Um, uh, you have made my game and my life better. Now my question. What is the last thing that you learned that made you a better GM? Do you think you are improving as a GM? Do you try to improve as a game master? What are you doing or should be doing to make that happen? My main method for improving my GMing skills is listening to Happy Jack's Everything Podcast. However, uh, you know, do you know any way in which I might do that without becoming a douchebag? But listen to the whole show without becoming a douchebag. That's not possible. Uh, keep jacking the happy. Tommy, Magic Octopus on the forums. P.S. Please get a sponsor that ships outside the United States. God damn it. Sorry. Um, find us one. Yeah, yeah find yeah. us someone in uh, Finland there who wants to uh, sponsor the show. And they can, you can just go and pick it up. It's small country, right? It's little. I think so. You walk from one to the other in one day, right? Isn't it? No. Finland? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Isn't it just ice? Uh, uh, no, that's Greenland. Oh, that's right. No, Greenland is ice. And Iceland, Iceland is, is green. green. I think Finland is a lot of snow. What's snow? <laughs> I don't is know. Is that solid water? What's water? We're in California. Water's <laughs> the thing that comes from <laughs> the tap if you live in the right city. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I had a I had to Google felt after your last podcast. Didn't go for the image search. Should I do that? No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I got a postcard from Felch, Michigan. Postmarked from Felch, Michigan. So, do you, uh, only do the Google search image search if you have safe search on. Ah, oh, no, no, no. That's no fun. <laughs> Everything's all blurry. Yeah. So I have an answer to his question. Okay. Out of my own personal experience. Go. Um, <clears throat> uh, a little while ago, I put together to the group that I was running... I put together a little survey. I did it using Google Forms, uh, which is really cool. Like I built it up really easily on on Google Forms, and and when and you can make it anonymous so that your your players, you know, can feel free to talk smack about you. And uh, it dumps all the answers into a Google Sheets spreadsheet, so you can easily look at it. And uh, my players took to it really well. I emailed. I, I sent the link to everybody I had GM'd for in like the past 10 years. Maybe not that long. So maybe like five years. Five people? Yeah, so like, people. so like three people. <laughs> so, you know, it was me and, and I emailed it to myself and like I have four email addresses, so I sent it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and they all took to it except for one of them got upset because I kept pestering the people. I was like, come on, do it, do it, do it. And they're like, God, quit being a douche. But anyway, um, one of the things that came across in that survey is that I tended uh, to have all of the NPCs 
backstab the players in some way. So they'd, I'd introduce an NPC, they'd play along with them, and then, ha-ha, the big reveal, he's actually a bad guy. And, and they were like, dude, you do that too much. You do that too much. So I took that to heart, and in the game that I'm running now, I've actually introduced some more NPCs to them that are friendly and that they work with them and, you know, don't actually have a vested interest in stabbing them back for whatever reason. Um, so that's that's what I learned. Uh, you, need to, you need to do the opposite. Have somebody start a villain and then choose not to kill them later. That's, you know, that's actually how it worked out in the game that I'm running. I saw all the results while I was running a game and... Uh, uh, one of the NPCs in it was going to be a backstabbing villain, but I went ahead and, and rearranged stuff behind the now scenes. Have somebody so they already the know is evil become good. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I could do that unless um, they kill things too quickly and he won't get a chance. Well, that's a, they started killing things too quickly because my NPCs were all bastards. So they're like, "Fuck it, we don't <laughs> trust anybody." That's one of your NPCs, Tim. We're going to kill him. So that's what I learned uh, that, that, I, that I think is making me a better GM. And that's, more importantly, the method how I got that information. Mm -hmm. I really thought it was really cool to be able to give my players an anonymous survey on how I'm doing as a GM. Mm -hmm. One of them was actually like, dude, this doesn't need to be anonymous. This is, you know, me, Ralphie May. I'm your... I don't know where I got Ralphie May from. Uh, I'm your player. And he identified himself, but the rest of them weren't. And I thought that was really cool. So that's... You know, maybe something you might want to do. Right. The, 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 the lesson that sticks out in my mind the most was when I was running the second half of the L5R game. I'm sure I've had stuff that's happened that I've, I've gotten lessons from, but I just can't remember any of them right now. And that was when uh, I, I, I remade the same mistake. Whenever you have player characters who have someone that they're subservient to that they have to obey and follow... Get them away from that person as quickly as possible so the players have player agency and their own free will. I remember hearing you talk about yeah. that. It was um, the Daimyo. Yeah. Yes. It was, yeah, it was their lord. And and, and we, we've reached a spot in... Spoilers, the players just got back to Eldermane right now in the in the current D&D uh, &D game. And, um, and I took that to heart. And they basically met with the the grand poobahs who gave them their information exchanged some theories and now they've been sent out on another mission so now they're back leaving the city again they were in the city for exactly one session so they're back out of their own volition well they're sent but now they can do whatever they want that's the game you're going to invite me to come play right if tyler moves <laughs> yes <laughs> oh is he the person oh right he wants to be closer to his bad book buddy Right, they're going to move up Northern California. Uh, there's, they have a lot of reasons. Yeah. some of them, yeah. some of them are maybe I don't know. Let's see, uh, what's the last thing I learned? Um, what's the last podcast I listened to? <laughs> um, last one I listened to was the one with Maui and Twin and Aya. Um, no, they're I learned funny. life advice from that. I learned life advice from that, uh, not DMing advice. I had I for some reason it hadn't clicked in my head that uh Aya was uh what's her name's uh ex. Like I knew it, I just didn't remember it. And so it was like, Oh yeah, just roll with it when life gets weird. Right. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was a shocker to me as well, not that they're all just sitting there happy. Yeah. Cause I no, I don't like, talk to any I, of my exes at all. They they all hate me. I I <laughs> 
I couldn't imagine sitting in a room with two of my exes. I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to die. I, I talked to some of my exes. Some of my exes vanished right after we broke up, so I don't even know. I had like heard one of them got married, and I was like, oh, that's cool. They vanished? Does your fiancé know this? Well, why do you think he hasn't left? <laughs> he won't eat the mushrooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how would your first husband die? Poison mushrooms. <laughs> but your second husband? Poison, Poison mushrooms. mushrooms. Third one? Blunt force trauma to the back of his head. Why? How'd that happen? He wouldn't he eat the mushrooms. mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I do think I'm improving as a GM because uh, I've been the regular GM for my group now for pretty much the last four months because mm-hmm. um, it's about time fair. I... It started as Kurt would run his game, and if he wasn't ready for a session, because sometimes you just need more than a week to wrap your head around something, sure. I, and then I would step up and run the princess game. And then, uh, well, he got really busy with recording. Recording is really what killed his time even more than fair, right? because his band was trying to get the CD ready before fair started. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're, they're making it too awesome to have finished it in such a sp- short amount of time. Um, we're not going to have it out by the end of the I, fair. Right now, I think they're hoping to have it by something that might or might not be called the Big Irish Fair. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Does the Big Irish Fair run concurrent with Southern now? Or I is it not? Okay. Well, I, I don't know. It used it's, to be in May. Well, maybe it might be after because we, we end early in May now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if that's in June, that might be what it is. But it sounded like something in June. I just don't remember what event it was because it overlapped with the convention where I'll be out of town. Ah. So I was like, you have fun with that one, honey. I'll go have fun with mine because um, mm-hmm. I miss so many of their gigs because I'm off at, at conventions. Um, I'm becoming a better GM because I'm just running games more because mm-hmm. I've been running my game pretty consistently uh, since uh, like the last three months. Other than like downtime, where there was like one night where we were like, mm, we can't come up with a game, let's just go watch musicals. Um, right. Uh, and one of the things I've been learning from my game is despite the fact that players are constantly going, oh yeah, why'd you skip that? I wanted to go do this thing on this day. They don't actually like it if you give them the opportunity and you just kind of fast forward through a week and go, okay, so this day you guys do this, this day you, you guys do that. Does anybody want to interrupt that? They don't actually enjoy that. They would rather interrupt you and say, hey, can we retcon this? So three days ago, I did the thing. Because um, they were getting kind of bored with me actually giving, genuinely giving me the, um, the opportunity to do things right. in chronological order. That, that wasn't okay. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do experiment with stuff like that based on, it's like, well, if you guys are going to constantly interrupt me to rant con, then let's see what happens if I make it so you don't have to. Um, oh, they don't like it if when you like go through time, like travel time slowly? Yeah. I know that. Well, I mean, it was maybe over an hour. I ran them through an entire week of just, I need a feel for your average day anyway, because they're magical girls. They're, you right. know, freaking Sailor Moon and they're in high school. It's like, how are you juggling all this stuff anyway? I want to make you think about this for a minute. Um, and what I really need to improve, honestly, is getting them to get back on track. Um, almost everybody in my group has been gaming for a long time. We've got one person who's very new to it. She was pretty much new to it when she joined our circle about a year ago. Um, but two of the players uh, have been playing since um, at least 17, 18 years or more. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for something to remind them of a thing they did in a previous game. And, and then a story. Have, and have to tell the entire story, yeah. which could have just been, oh yeah, I've been in a, a game where that happened. That's possible. And instead it's a 10-minute story. And I really need to get better at interrupting them without making them feel butthurt that I'm interrupting them when I'm GM. Um, 
there's that's, not much I can do about it when they do it when they are the GM, and both of these guys can do it, because, again, both of them have been playing for 17, 18 years. Because uh, right. my group actually has three GMs, and we'll cycle through all three of us, depending on who has ideas. Right now, mm-hmm. one of them, he's uh, putting too much energy in his webcomic, um, which I just forgot the name of, or I'd plug it for him. Sorry, Rich. Um, so, yeah, it's my biggest problem is just I have to... When I recognize those stories, the ones that I know take 10 minutes and have no point that's actually relevant, I need to remember to cut that off. But I have to do it so that their feelings aren't too hurt, that I interrupted them and didn't let them tell their story of awesomeness. And I don't know if anybody has any advice on that one in in the chat room or whatever. um, You know, I mean, maybe it's just they need to be butthurt for a little bit. That happens sometimes. That's that's usually the best. That's the great curse of gamer kind, though. Is, let me tell you about my character. Let me tell you about this story that happened to me. It happens to everybody. I would say yeah. generally, I always end up learning something when I play in another GM's game. Because I always see techniques and stuff that I haven't thought of or see them handle situations differently than I would have. And I can see, oh, I see the merits in that. And usually it's a it's a positive thing. It's usually not, oh, that may, that's a horrible mistake. I'll never make that. I don't really learn anything from that anyway. But it's usually oh, seeing do. them. You, do. you can learn a few things from their horrible mistakes. Sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah but you, you learn you don't ever do once that. You realize, yeah. <laughs> that, that could be a good thing to learn. But yeah. maybe you, know, you, do, you probably wouldn't anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But if you got... But but when you get get to watch someone who does something that is very different from the way you would have done it, and it, and it works out good, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not a bad idea. The other thing is negative feedback from the players. Yeah, always learn something from that. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to take, but my players finally got annoyed enough. We have a Facebook group for my game, and somebody mm-hmm. actually posted and said, "Hey, can we stop doing that?" I was getting frustrated, um, and I was like, "Thank you. I didn't have to bring it up first because it had been on my mind too." Um, so yeah, when the players are annoyed enough to bring it up to the whole group like that, that's that's really when I realize, oops. Right. But you know what? When I was a substitute teacher, I was also really bad at classroom control. It's just, <laughs> I expect you to respect me because, of course, I would respect you when you're in the same spot. So having to actually acquire their attention is something that just eludes me unless I come up with a good sound effect for the moment um, right. or something like that. Um so, yeah, it's like I, I'm working on that one. I need to give it some more thought, but it's also we're coming up on fair ending. So we're coming up on me not being GM for a bit, finally, mm-hmm. um, and getting back to the vampire game set in World War One, which I'm. Oh, that's awesome. What yeah. Cool idea. We're playing old world of, or uh, V20 uh, set in World War One. And um, we are currently in Russia. Russia is or we're in Odessa. I don't remember oh. if Odessa is actually part of the Russian Empire at this I'm point. I'm going to cry. You should. You should cry because this game has been on hold for like four months and I'm going to feel like crying too. Oh, that sounds so awesome. Oh, wouldn't it be, ter- it'd be terrible if it died? That's a really brilliant idea. Well, actually, it's at this point, what idea. I'm waiting for is to see um, which of us kills one of the other PCs first. He's really... Well, Vampire has frenzy checks. If yeah. you get pissed off enough, you have to roll and you basically yeah. lose control of your character and you have to attack the thing that's pissing you off. For some reason, this guy, the character, loves trying to piss us off. <laughs> so we had one session where the, almost the entire session was just us trying to kill him. We, one of us would finally get calmed down. He'd insult the next one. Wow, that's so, awesome. So almost the entire session... Does he session just want to was, change characters? No, he, he. at this point, it's a betting pool. Like I think he's oh, got money uh, on which of us is going to kill him. Um, because um, my character is not that effective in combat if she's actually in Frenzy because she's the scientist. Mm-hmm. And she won't think to use her acid-filled umbrella 
if she's in frenzy. Um, but we got somebody else who can grow the super lethal claws. Right. So that's probably the one who's going to get to kill him. But whenever one person goes into frenzy, the rest of us step up and try to keep him from hurting them. So even if my character is not in frenzy, she might still kill him because he's that just horrible. Claws. Gangrel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the gangrel has a special hate on for him anyway. Um, the problem is my character is the Bruja, so she's the one who makes the most checks for frenzy. Yeah. How are you not frenzying <laughs> right now? Roar! Yes. <laughs> At one point, though, I want her to just lose it and beat him with the umbrella. Like, forget to drop it and just, like, beat him with the umbrella. <laughs> It'll be beautiful. See if I can make it break and splatter him with acid. Oh, man. I miss playing vampire. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, uh, yes. It's almost 10. We We're going to skip the last email, I think. The one that's like three pages? The, the, oh, no, wait. That's... There's the a last couple, email which, which talks about uh, all the different games and stuff. Oh, um, you know what? Let's 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 do because um, this is actually a really good horror this story. Next one, even it's long. Let's do the let's 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 you know let's skip to the horror story, and I'll add okay. these other ones back in. Which one is the horror? The story? last one. It's the last one. Giving nightmare. Uh, and I think it's my turn to read. Yes, it is. It's super long, so if somebody wants to tag in, okay, possibly. Just, yeah. You want to cough drop? Yeah, just just reach over and I have I have, have, have hate flavored cough drops. Oh, okay. Here it is. Hate flavored. Want to try one? No. 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 D- no. Pineoliptus. No, because pine sometimes sets off my sinuses anyway. Oh, yeah, you don't want that because it's very piney and very eucalyptus-y. Yeah, eucalyptus is fine, but pine sometimes just sets me off sneezing. They're little, see, they're little tiny guys, little, and it's just like a little. It's like, you know, what was it? Uh, what was that? Was that? Was that? What was that uh, Terry Gilliam show with it? Time travel and uh, Doctor Time Who? Bandits. Time Bandits. Oh, okay. Don't touch it. It's, it's evil. evil. That's this. Yeah. Wow. Pure hate in a little tiny cough drop. You w- you would never think that hate had a flavor. It, no. You want to try one? No, no, try no. You've, it is. You've tried to pawn those off on me on a you number of times. You really should try one. I like my taste no, buds. I'm, I'm so. convinced that the flavor of hate is actually oob candy. This tastes like gelatinized pine salt. <laughs> and you willingly put it in your mouth. And and like, offered it to us. I lo- I also <laughs> like very 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 hoppy beer. Okay. I need intense flavors to get past the intense. My burnt intense is one thing, but this tastes like shit. Try it. That's it. Doesn't taste like shit. Have you never shit. been to a podcast and watched them with alcohol? Uh, y- y- no, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. But, by the way, Vanique comes in multiple colors. Oh, I was at the store, that and there was, was like nasty mango. So it was like this yellowy orange, and then there was a purple one, and there was a pink one. The, is that the one it. with the glitter in it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that stuff was nasty. But Go yeah, ahead. it comes in multiple colors. Horror story. Okay, gaming nightmare from Bevan. Bevan. Beesvin. I don't know. Uh, dear happy jackers, I'm writing in to share a gaming nightmare from a few years ago. One brought on by both a railroading GM who liked to tell himself he wasn't, and passive-aggressive players who decided to grab the throttle on the engine and make that bastard go as fast as possible until we were all dead. Yay! <laughs> it's a long one, I'm afraid. Yes, yes, it is a long one. Okay. We were a group of six, with a couple of experienced GMs and a couple of not-so-experienced. One of the latter was Mike, uh, or one of the latter, Mike, had the courage to step up and offer to run a game in a homebrew fantasy setting and asked everyone what they liked and did not like in these types of games. 
Some points were hashed out. The GM's desire to run an ancient evil PC prophecy for greatness trope was accepted. The players asked for two things. First, that there not be any glory-stealing GM PCs. If we had to have a prophecy, let the PCs be the ones who either fulfill it or fuck it up. Second, if the GM ever wanted us to actually just jump on the train, he would tell us so we could avoid the mutual frustration of mismatched expectations on this point. With agreement reached on that, we thought, dun dun dun, dun dun dun, it dun, dun, dun. started. Gasper, the GM PC, made an early appearance from the first story arc, always able to hit the targets the PCs couldn't and take the greatest damage, and finding a way to make sure the PCs went where he wanted and did what he decided. In one of the first adventures, it became clear that the rails were there and there could be no deviation. There we were, on a pier extending into the harbor, surrounded by bad guys who wanted to take us all prisoner and haul us off to their dungeon ship. Dungeon ship is a beautiful thing. A giant <laughs> dungeon on a ship. On a ship. I bet that's got a red room. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like, okay, we'll play your game, just no GM PCs that are all awesome and shit. Right. Got it. So here's Gaspar. He's this <laughs> awesome GM PC. And please tell us when we're on rails. That's all. Just tell us just and tell we'll us. go with it when we need to. Got it. No problem. I'll let you know. So here's these rails. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the magic cannon can't overcome spell resistance and is relegated to the run, run and hide roll. That is my favorite role, by the way especially when I don't have combat stats. Mm -hmm. uh, for, my, for my PC, the rogue, the sneak attack inflicts no damage. The bad guys are immune, apparently. Were they oozes? Oozes wow. are immune. Or uh, undead, but that's about it. The meat shield dwarf in plate armor can't hit a damned thing, though Gaspar can, and is quickly <laughs> running out of hit points. The barbarian, for some reason, can't rage. Bad guy zone of calm is in effect. It's apparent, <laughs> uh, it's, apparent it's a fight we can't win, so we decide to run. But no, we've been cut off. Yay! <laughs> There's nowhere to run to, nowhere to hide, and no way to slip through. Potion of invisibility? The bad guys have true seeing, even though they have no eyes. Maybe they are oozes. Um, <laughs> light? Be. Nope, that won't work either. I can't remember why. Probably some bad guy no-fly zone executive order in effect. <laughs> we call timeout and ask, bluntly, do you want us to get captured? Because if that's what you want, just tell us so we can cut this short and just go with it. Uh, he places his hand over his heart and swears there is no predetermined outcome. <laughs> the bad guys then cap capture Gaspar, the GMPC, and command that we all surrender or Gaspar shall die, and it will be all our fault if this paragon of virtue, this champion of the forces of good, dies right there. Oh, I haven't... My printout stops at the bottom of the page, so I don't know what's on the rest of this email, but if that were me, I'd be like, see you, Gaspar. Oh, it, it That's too bad. Better. You're a nice guy. I mean, you helped us out a lot. You helped so us out a lot, but... We're going to miss you not having you in this we're fight. Gonna miss, we're going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh, wait, I can get the GMPC killed? Okay. Right. <laughs> we vote that Gaspar surely would not want us to sacrifice everyone for him to risk any hope of the forces of good have just to save him. So he ends up with his throat slit, blitting out on the docks, and the fight, from which we have no possibility of retreat, goes on. That's beautiful. That I just tears of happiness. Yep. The meat shield dwarf fails his save against poison and falls unconscious. Before the bad guys can scoop him up, the magic cannon decides to roll the dwarf into the water. Excellent. Magic cannon jumps in to try to keep the dwarf from sinking to the bottom, but barely manages to tread water to keep himself afloat. 
plate armored dwarf continues to drift downward. As you should. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. PC, the thief, jumps in to try to help, fails her own swim tech, and starts to drown. I just want to know if they're, like, cheating on their swim checks at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I failed. No, I'm that, going that's to die not a and 20. That's a over. zero two. That's a zero. <laughs> <laughs> the barbarian jumps in to save me and tries to swim away anywhere so that at least two of us might be able to come to go for help to come back for the others. But no, there's just nowhere to go. At this point, I beg the barbarian to just let me drown. The dwarf's player has been <laughs> counting round by round how his own PC, slowly sinking to the bottom of the harbor, is dying each turn. The magic cannon begins to fail his own swim checks and falls unconscious in the water. And we're all okay with the idea we'll just make four more PCs after these die. Next oh. thing we know, we wake up on the dungeon ship with a magical brand that we later find out can't be removed by any means. Affliction? Even trying to flay ourselves alive. And through which the bad guys can track us and take control of us at pretty much any time they want. Just what the GM wanted to start with. But there's no rails in this game. No, not at all. all. Uh, Anybody want to take it now? On top of that... go go on top of that on top of oh. <laughs> you want to read it together <laughs> no go <laughs> go ahead on top of that the gmpc gaspar is alive again okay resurrected by the bad guys he becomes known as the npc so important that even the dark lord cannot let him die <laughs> he's a whore crew he totally is and Gaspar has a sidekick now, the annoying magical pixie child who the players realize, though it is never declared, will almost certainly be the secret weapon to defeat the Dark Lord. Uh, yeah, Shades of Harry Potter, anyone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get saddled with both GMPCs through the mutual magical brands and stage a daring escape from the dungeon ship. No, wait, the daring escape was just a fever dream. <laughs> instead, we sh- <laughs> we- I'm sorry. Instead, we sit on the ship... <laughs> imprisoned, unable to work any way to free ourselves until some other good guy NPCs rescue us all. The whole thing was clearly just a mechanism for getting us to meet up with the annoying magical pixie child and share a magical brand with him. Go write a novel. Just, oh my god. Yeah. Tell your right? yeah. GM to go write his novel. With, I wonder if the magical pixie child sparkles. Yeah. The next, the next fight we get into, three of the players, Meat Shield, Dwarf, Barbarian, and Thief, let our asshole tendencies overcome our PC's common sense and our sense of self-preservation. Branded, subject to remote control by the bad guys, stuck with annoying magical pixie child, we decided to become heroes. Self-sacrificing, fearless in the face of death heroes. The GM wants PCs willing to sacrifice themselves for others. The Meat Shield Dwarf plants himself in front of the bad guys, blocking their path, and declares he will hold the hallway so everyone else can escape. Just tell my wife I love her, he screams. Why you gotta be racist? Not all dwarves are Scottish. I that wasn't that was Scottish. But it was. It, I was it, it almost went that way. I was just trying to do another voice that was different. Okay. I was just trying to offset okay. it with a voice. Okay. That's because, like, I I want to see a dwarf who's like, I don't know, um, French. French. Oh, just tell my wife I love her. How about Japanese? Just tell my wife. Just tell I my wife her. I love her. I like that. That's one. not racist. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> just supposed to be telling my wife I am loving with her. 
<laughs> no, Swedish. 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 Uh, just to tell my wife I live here. Just to tell my wife I love her. Oh, that's a horrible Swedish. Uh, so whoever it was who needed to mix up their PCs earlier, Swedish dwarfs. There Swedish you go. dwarfs for the win if you need something different. Yeah. Uh, so in whatever accent he screams, just tell my wife I love her. <laughs> when he falls, my thief, who has developed the sense of camaraderie and warm feelings for her party members that the GM lamented she was lacking in, that the GM lamented she was lacking in her early. Heartless Bastard Incarnate. Wow, I, I'm not quite In sure. In her early Heartless Bastard Incarnation, Shirley cannot let such a brave dwarf fall alone. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Okay. She rushes in to try and drag him away. The GM is practically begging me to not do so, emphasizing how surely I will get killed. But no! I prove myself worthy of my comrades. Yeah! And down I go! The Barbarian, who always has a decent who was always a decent chap despite his anger management issues, decides that he can't leave the bodies of two of his friends to the bad guys and rushes in as well. He lasts about two rounds before he falls, and we are again planning new PCs without the remote control magical brand. Oh, However, metagaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This How is the kind of metagaming I approve of. I, well, yeah. me too. However, the other two players, Magic Cannon and The Face, refuse to cooperate with the player-engineered TPK. Player-engineered TPK, I like that term. Mm -hmm. I was telling you earlier about one that I was part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somehow, in a way that was never entirely clear to me, they get our bodies back, magically preserve our bodies, load us onto a wagon, transport us for weeks, about three hours of playtime spread across two sessions, uh. to the good guy's home base, and then resurrect us. Even though we didn't want to be resurrected. There can be no escape through death either. Death is only the beginning. Wow. I feel like there should be a part two next week. That, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy... That's I, the kind I like. That's the ones I like. Not the, like, the horrible human... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...people ones. Yeah. I, but I've, the bad GM. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been part of a player-engineered TPK, but it was at a con game. And I was hungry. <laughs> That's a good way to get out of a con game. <laughs> yeah, that totally is. So you could you could also surreptitiously start packing all your stuff up. Oh, and then be like, I'm sorry, I've got to go. Just, no. just put your dice away, and when he's like, oh, roll, roll initiative. Oh, man, I, my dice are in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's a... Here's a there were only two players. It was me and one other girl, so I couldn't just bail on her. She the one a bit alone, and she seemed like she was a little bit too polite to come up with an excuse to leave on her own but oh, i could gotcha. tell that she was kind of feeling that pain too here's what you do you go to you go to what was it easyrollerdice.com mm -hmm. by the, by the mm -hmm. big huge mm -hmm. set of dice the 17 sets or whatever mm -hmm. it is you show up to the game with nothing but one set of dice you set them down start playing the game and if it looks like the game's going to be shitty you just say I have to go to the rest of my way right back. And you leave. <laughs> and just leave. Leave you're, the dice there. It doesn't matter because you have 800 dice. They, they were cheap. Yeah. You spent $20 for 17 sets, so you're out, what? Less than a dollar? A dollar fifty? Yeah, $1. something like that. Something. And you can pick the colors you don't like if you're right. particularly worried about the game. That's right. Exactly. Like a Happy Jacks game, you will probably stay for the whole thing. Right. Unless you don't like playing with drunk people. I saw that once. It was kind of weird. Oh, when they get too drunk. Yeah, some of our guys get a little drunk. No, but uh, somebody actually really? walked out on a game where the, the players were getting too drunk. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Some of our... Wait, big surprise. Some, some of, of our people get drinky? 
And some of them get rather annoying when they get drinky. Yeah. Really? Yes. The Happy Jacks people? And sometimes I've they bring heard secondhand. Friends. I am so shocked. I sometimes can't they bring that. friends who don't know enough about gaming to game properly while drinky. Oh, I can't right. believe that. Yeah. Not from our crew. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, she might be a gaming horror story, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. She's right. kind of a plus one type situation. I'm still right. hoping at some point I can get on a podcast where Bruce is here. Um, I, we can try to get him in here. So He games on Friday nights, though. Although if the podcast moves to Saturday mornings, because he's local now. So Yeah. See, I want to do one with Rob again, because every time we Taylor? talk, yeah, because we just come up with the worst things. So it'll become like a one-up and shit about worst, worst situation that you can come up with mm-hmm. in order to help answer people's questions. Like, we'll horrify people, but it will be hilarious for yeah. us. I, I guess I'm just lucky. The only bad GM experience I've ever had was this one con game I was telling her about before the show. Yeah. All right. So Play more con games. You'll get, a, you'll get a list. Yeah, I know. I need to go to more cons. Uh, or maybe you'll be lucky and you won't. that's my hope well even good GMs because there's a couple GMs that that I play with that Mm -hmm. aren't happy jackers they're usually good GMs sometimes they have a bad game sometimes they have a problem player Um, sometimes a happy jacks game has a problem player who doesn't realize what kind of people they're going to be playing with right Uh. like we had a girl who rage quit because she couldn't deal with the fact that she failed a role and somebody else succeeded at a role and she just rage quit, walked out of the game. That's awesome. Oh. It, it kind of was, because she'd been kind of a pain in the ass up to that point. We were kind of happy she was gone. <laughs> oh, no, brilliant. that reminds me of a bunch of people I played with. I wasn't running for them, but but uh, they were bad. They would be horror stories. Yeah, you, you've got them. Yeah, You, I you do. repressed yeah. them, but you've got I t- them. I, t- I totally had repressed them. That's... <laughs> whoo. Of course, I've been LARPing for 18 years, so there's some. I've got some uh, stories that way, too. Okay, we better call it because my my hat of epicness is supposed to be coming here in a minute. Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh fucker! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, thank you for joining us for season fourteen, episode seventeen of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Mary. I'm Tim. And don't forget, you want to come to the Renaissance Fair, you get two more weekends, and uh, GameX is on Memorial Day weekend, and don't forget the Swords and Wizardry uh, two-page adventure thingy, email Tim at happyjacks.org, and that's it, and we'll leave you with a song. An intrepid traveler I am seeking low and high My query, like the great hundred Otimas I'll traverse the seven seas 
and search on hands and knees for the cryptic creature called the Glitterals. Ahem! So don't wait up for me, my dove. I will search the valleys and mountains above to find the key to a woman's love. I'm off to find the Glitterals. An apothecary related In a way authoritative That the clitoris Is an aphrodisiac Just a touch, he said, would exhilarate Even ladies chased and celebrate And he promised to buy all that I brought back So don't wait up So I hired a brave ship captain He heard my words and he started laughing Saying, tis no such thing Tis only an old wives' tale But his wife, who did the cooking Said I'd find it if I kept looking And she'd help me look when her husband's ship said sail So don't wait up